Hello everyone and welcome to The Ace Space, the volleyball podcast brought to you by CEV. We're still bringing you two episodes a week, The Ace Space with a special guest on a Monday and on a Friday we bring you a special episode of an unscripted or a debate. Today it's an unscripted, we're going to talk about Sam DeRoe but before that you need to know who will be talking about him. Key Michael, how are you? I'm so good, Dave. So happy to be here. Lovely. That's Lovely to see a smiling face. Hey, by, by happy to be here, you mean in your home because we're still doing these remotely <laughs> and it still looks yeah. like you've run the vacuum clean around because you knew you were going to be on camera this evening. Um, <laughs> I didn't do my hair, but I did fluff the pillows in the back. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Matt Rogers, how are you? Really good. Yeah, really good. Fluff my pillows as well. All good. I'm set. <laughs> I dusted the bookshelf behind me and you'll have noticed that none of them have moved because I still haven't read one. But I'm glad you're both doing well. Um, Anything to report? We'll go to you first, Matt, because you've always got something for me and I'm looking forward to this week's uh, construction adventure. Well, where to start? Where to start? I've I've been making some some benches out of some leftover beams. That was fun. Um, But used the wrong varnish, so they're slightly darker than I, I liked, but... Oh no! You know, burn them. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm using them up. So yeah, whether it's firewood or a bench, I guess that is them used. But I'm keen to hear from Key because Key let on she's got something exciting to report this week. So. <laughs> well, you filled it up like that. Look, it's exciting to me. All right, I have got myself an appointment for the hairdresser wow. tomorrow yes. which hasn't happened in about a year's time so that has nothing to do with covid or quarantine i just haven't cut my hair in about a year do you I think it's time do you look forward to it because i have also got an appointment at the barbers and i can't <laughs> wait i don't think i've ever looked forward to it quite so much <laughs> i think this is a special occasion because of yeah because but not, not that anyone ever sees me but i do you know i am on camera every once in a while and i feel as though I just I need I need to refresh the look. I need I think I'm gonna go short. And what? Matt, what do you think if I go hot pink? Well, I, I don't think it would look like you. <laughs> <laughs> Based on your Facebook cover photo I saw a few weeks ago that you released, uh, yeah, I I'm still not convinced that's you. Why don't you go green for the podcast? Ooh, yeah, green for the podcast. Green for the, how does that for the, the podcast? What head. do you mean? Oh, but CV is always changing colours. Apparently, it doesn't it? Doesn't, well, that's a no brand colours, no loyalty. You've got, you've got coral, the, the beach colour. You've got light blue. I think it's got a more fancy name than that for snow. Mid- <laughs> Should we go with cerulean? <laughs> Midnight blue for Euro volley, or yeah. Champions League green. Why didn't you guys choose hot pink as any of your colours? Because um, pom- because Pommy is already dominating the pink. We didn't want to, you know, yeah. step on Pommy's toes. Um, <laughs> Well, I'm glad you've booked a hair appointment, Keith. Cast your mind back to the early days mm. of Unscripted, and Louisa Lipman said that that was one of the things that she was really looking forward to. So hopefully she's taken her trip to the salon, and we'll have to put pictures up of the results so we can just ensure the volleyball world that we're keeping the swagger tight, you know? <laughs> and now that once you get your hair done, Keith, we can release these as a video, because, I mean, obviously... <laughs> I know. I'll be coming looking fresh every day. Until you, you guys got your hair done. So, in this time, Matt, <laughs> you've had about three haircuts, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, haircut is maybe a bit more fancy than the reality. It's it's more of like a shearing, like a sheep, just <laughs> straight off. But it's been so hot. Whenever it's hot, I, I the, the hotter it is, the shorter I have my hair because I hate hot weather and and a big head of hair. 
So yeah, mainly for like overheating issues. Okay. So yeah. Does it stop? Does it stop at the head, or do you do your back <laughs> and your chest? And uh, well, I'm not. Na- legs. I'm not naturally a hairy guy, so I don't really have those issues. But um, yeah, the yeah. the sheep shearing bit is just the head. Yes. Very good. Uh, okay, let's talk about today's subject: the unscripted interview with Sam DeRoe. Uh Matt. I remember when I first got into the game and first started doing Champions League, Sam was a guy who you pointed out to me as a player to enjoy. And I certainly have enjoyed watching him and I've enjoyed meeting him. Uh, so what were your thoughts with regards to getting him on the show? Uh, quite an easy pick, really. I mean, we obviously know he's he's great to listen to. He's fantastic on the court. Um, and I've always loved his name. And I'm devastated, to be honest, because <laughs> I've now learned I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> so I've been calling him Sam Daru and yeah I, w- I always thought it was like the coolest name in volleyball and it turns out it's not his name and it's still quite a cool name Sam Daru yeah, it's just a Sam bit more Darou. posh isn't it like Sam Daru I was thinking like a kangaroo you know ah oh, yeah spring jump bang smash yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Skippy oh. but, yeah never mind he's still a great guy even if his name isn't quite as good yeah, he, he he certainly is. I I think I mentioned this in the unscripted. When well, the first time I I met him in person was after a Champions League game, and his team Zaxa had just been whooped by Perugia. It was uh, sorry, it was Lube, and um, yeah, it, it was it was a fairly it was a fairly hefty defeat, and they changed the venue so they could get more fans in. The live TV cameras were there because Poland do a great job of covering games and from a journalistic perspective I always dread those interviews where you've got to speak to somebody from the losing side and he was just a gentleman and I've always had a, a really high opinion of him opinion of him after that so um, yeah it's good to know that he's a good guy. Key uh, did you have any preconceived ideas of Sam Duro not Duru before this? <laughs> no I think yeah same thing I also didn't pronounce his name correctly apparently you are demoted. and you're our head of pronunciation demoted. I know oh, I, I have to go down to like pronunciation like, coordinator for a while yeah, yeah. <laughs> pronunciation executive <laughs> I'm an intern now yeah um no but he seems like a lovely guy mm-hmm. I respect for his volleyball but I didn't really know much more about him and the first guy to dress up smart for the unscripted Dave it seemed I, yeah, absolutely. And I saw he put that nice white shirt on. I thought, oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Am I going to have to pull my finger out here? <laughs> For what it's worth. There was one point, there was one point where he lifted it. He, he sort of lifted, got casual and lifted his leg up. And you could tell he was wearing just shorts or something really <laughs> could, casual on the you? bottom yeah. too. It was very quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> he was like totally into that though. That's, that's great. I mean, you can see me wearing a, a shirt uh, by you, I mean Matt and Key. The yeah. listeners can't because this is an audio-only medium. But I'm not going to tell you what I've got on my bottom half. And I'm wearing jogging bottoms <laughs> and a hoodie, so I'm quite glad this is audio-only. That yeah, looks quite keeping it cashmere, comfortable space cashmere space. jumper you're in, though, Key. Cashmere? Is it not cashmere. What is it? Oh, I wish it was. No, this is my go-to. Like, I feel like I just wear the same sort of three outfits over and over and just wash them mm. and just get them straight off the. Off the dryer and then just wear them again. So I've, ra- I've raised this with my wife, right? If we don't, we don't have cupboards and we just literally put the clothes in the washing machine, they hang up to dry, then you put them on, then you put them in the washing machine, we'd have so much more space in the house. Yeah. Same with, the, same with the washing up and stuff. Why not just have like two dishwashers? You use something, you put it in the dirty one. Once that's full, you turn it on, you use it again, you put it in the other one. Don't need cupboards. 
Hang on, two dishwashers? Yeah, instead you of cupboards. So decadent. Is that why you've got this outdoor kitchen that you keep banging on about? So you can do this ridiculous double dishwasher program? No, no, that's the double dishwasher's <laughs> in the real kitchen. Goodness, I've never... And he has two kitchens, so he has to have four dishwashers. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one, two... There's only five rooms in my entire apartment, and you've got two kitchens in your house. Well, one is on a patio. It's, it's, it's not like... Well, action. don't even get me started on the patio and the garden. You can have a balcony. You have a balcony, right? It's, Build a kitchen. Yeah. On the balcony? <laughs> it's two metres by one metre. There's, right. there's room for some artificial turf and two fold-out chairs. Get a barbecue. That's effectively a kitchen. Could get a barbecue. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, let's have a listen to The Unscripted with Sam Duro. If you're new to the programme, very warm welcome. We're delighted you could join us. Uh, Unscripted is a series that started at the beginning of lockdown, which seems like a million years ago, but it was only a few months since then. It's developed and it's really given us the opportunity to get to know some great players in the world of European volleyball. The world of European volleyball, the continent of European volleyball. Either way. We've gone global, Dave. Yes, we have, we have, but they've all got a European connection. They do. Um, they're they're great. They're great chats. So have a listen and come back afterwards as well, because myself, Key, and Matt will go into a little bit more detail. But before we do that, this is Unscripted with Sam Duro. Sam Duro, Belgium captain, massive outside hitter. After winning back-to-back Polish titles with Saxa, he's now in the Russian capital with Dinamo Moscow, looking to add more success to an already glittering career. I called him to check in. We spoke about family, the national team, the Olympic dream, and how he's passing the time. Hey Sam, how are you? Hey, I'm doing fine. Uh, sitting at home, of course, like most of us <laughs> during this period. Um, yeah. Competition stopped everywhere, so for us volleyball players, it's a total different rhythm than usual, and it's like adapting a little bit, but I'm getting used to it. Well, I'm glad you're getting used to it. You look well, mate. The, the chin's staying strong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where in the world are you then? Are you still in Russia? No, no, no. Now I'm in Belgium at home. Um, actually, in Russia, they paused, like postponed our league uh, in March somewhere, like one of the latest. And then we stayed there. We were still practicing, um, also even shaking hands and everything while the world was crashing down with Corona. And like, like we were a bit like shaky and like, oh, what's going on? But then the final day that there was international flights uh, allowed from Russia, like finally they released us and they said, okay, now you can go home because otherwise, uh, for sure, I would have still been, I, I would have, I would have been still there. I think because there are no flights out anymore now. Thankfully, you got out in time. Uh, how is it being back in Belgium then? Yeah, it's it's different again. Eh? Like especially the not having really like the future vision of playing volleyball again on this moment is a bit weird for us. Usually, we always like we're always longing to this next holiday or this next period <laughs> where, where we get get some rest. And now it's like, when can we touch the ball again? You know, like the only thing I've been doing is like playing in my apartment a little bit against the wall, <laughs> trying not trying not to break stuff around you. But um, yeah, basically it's it's like yeah, it's just weird to not have this this, this perspective on, on the future and then yeah and that's a bit strange for us I think because like always there's national team, there's clubs, there's always the next thing waiting and now it's just the big black hole like when it's all gonna be over. But 
I guess that's for everybody like this and in every sector. So um, as a, it's not different than any other. The, the grass is greener, isn't always greener, isn't it? You always want what you can't have. Um, what are you doing then with your days to fill the time and stay sane? Well, I'm, I'm still working out a bit, like not too much, of course. Like, of course, I think it's a good period to give some rest to your body. But it's also a bit dangerous because, of course, like you're at home all the time. Like there's always this, the, the guilty trees that are waiting for you, like some cookies or chocolates or whatever. So like it's good that you're, you keep your body still a little bit active. So, um, yeah, to fill the time, I've been just arranging my apartment, uh, cook a little bit, spend some time with my son also. Um, yeah. I'm, I've been busy actually, honestly, like I'm still waiting for the, the really like down day to sit on the couch all day. I had like two of those in Russia when we stopped training and like my bags were ready to go, but we couldn't leave yet. We couldn't practice. And then I was like, I had two days like, what am I doing today? Like seriously, like I have no idea. So then it was like two days I didn't do anything, but for the rest I've been quite busy actually. I thought that. I thought, you know what, during this lockdown, we're just going to do nothing and I'm going to watch everything on Netflix. I'm probably, exactly. probably going to paint the apartment. I'm going to learn a language. I'm going to read all these books. And I wonder, like, how we had time to do anything in our normal <laughs> lives. Uh, yeah, that's so, so true. true. That's yeah. so true. Like, also, like, I want, like, I've been waiting to like try to learn guitar and I think, like, no, it's the perfect moment. I want to learn guitar. I like to play guitar. But I still, haven't, I still haven't started yet. <laughs> oh, well, funny you should say that, right? Because I'm all right on the guitar. But uh, when lockdown started, I thought, I'm going to learn piano. So I bought this. Oh, right, you bought a keyboard. Bought, bought it. And do you know what I did yesterday? Got a cloth and wiped the dust off it. Because... <laughs> <laughs> At least you're... At least you're already unpacked it. Yeah, yeah, that's well. You've got to take it out of the box, haven't you? You know, that's that's part of the fun. In fact, I saw um, I saw on Instagram that you've been unboxing treats. Some people are still looking after you during lockdown. Yeah, that's nice though. Um, like I have a, a very good friend uh, from high school, and he started in a small company um, for some reaction training, like uh, um, agility. I think is the word. Mm -hmm. uh so that has been nice it's it's a fun toy to play with actually like you're like you're physically busy without really like having the feeling that you're working out or like your mental you're you're thinking about something else because you have to focus on following the lights and then the direction so that's nice that's something different to play with and then like i have this um uh, supplement uh, company strong supplies is still very supportive which is nice because they it's not only like shakes, which on this moment I'm not really using. Like, it's not exactly the moment to gain weight and to get super heavy for me. Uh, but still, like the the supplements, the supplements are very welcome on this moment. Yeah. I think quite a few people are going to be gaining weight and getting super heavy. Yeah, exactly. That's that's so dangerous. Like, I started like 105 on the top of the season. Like when I'm uh, when I'm like. When I was in the final shape, like because in Russia, honestly, we would have been finished by now. Like we only had two weeks more to go. Uh, we had one playoff game, and we already won the first playoff game, like uh, an away game. So we basically qualified for final six, and it was the week after. So like 
we would have been done. Like I was like really on the top of my shape. Like, okay, mom is gonna happen. And I'm like, oh, ciao, let's go home, bye bye. <laughs> so yeah, like I was, I was like 104, 105 back then, and now I'm down to 101 or something, which is okay because for sure you will lose muscles. You know, like you can't work out four hours a day, uh, like you're doing maximum one hour, like some push-ups in the apartment. It's impossible to to keep the amount of muscle. So it would have been bad if I if I would have stayed the same or even gone up in weight. That would have been terrible. I was going to say, that's the difference between you and me, because when you're in shape, you gain weight. When I'm not in shape, I gain weight. Like That's the, that's the athlete and the normal human, isn't it? Um, uh, but right, before we talk about volleyball, I'm interested in the guitar now. Have you got it handy? Can you give me something? No, in the guitar? Yeah. I have nothing, man. I haven't started. Like I still have to order one, actually. Like, uh, okay, all right. Well, well yeah. Uh, like, I have Guitar Hero on the PlayStation, though, which I was doing the other day, but then my eyes almost popped out because I was so focused on the screen, like, ah! So, yeah, that was not so easy. <laughs> I stand by the fact that um, Guitar Hero is more difficult than the actual guitar, so you will be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Okay, I'll keep practicing on there at first. <laughs> uh, let's have a chat about Russia, then, because... I've never been, and it seems like an amazing country. You've been there for, you know, most of a season now. You're going back next year. So how's the experience been, living and playing there? It was different. Like, it was totally different than any other European league I've played in, honestly. Um, the training rhythm was a bit different. Like, usually you would, you would do, like, three days of double training and then, like, three days, um, which was a bit weird because like in Europe usually you have like six days but two or three half days in this week so like in the end it's pretty much the same amount in my opinion but it's just organized differently plus like you're arriving in a country like the first weeks I was the only foreigner there so everybody speaks Russian but okay. um, some guys I could exchange a word of Italian like the coach and, and a couple of the staff could speak a little bit of English uh but the positive part was that they were they really were trying to improve their english which was nice like with some guys on the end of the season we really got along oh, cool. and of course by the time that steven Marr also arrived from canada like he arrived later because he went to world cup mm -hmm. that was really nice because like we sort of like you have your buddy you know like and then they're like in a foreign team it's many times like this if you have like uh one other foreigner you're with two like you have like your buddies, so we could hang out and like also on human uh, on the human level, we also matched pretty well. So that was nice. Uh, it was nice to happen there. And Russia in general, it's Moscow is very like European minded in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of Western stores, like Western mentality, uh, but still, in my opinion, you could feel like the the history of the country in, in a part like this. And that's, that's one of the great things about being an athlete in your position. Saying that, you don't pick easy, um, easy countries to sort of pick up the language, do you, when you think Poland, Russia? <laughs> yeah, like, I started easily, like, I stayed in Belgium for a while, then I went to Italy, which was an amazing language to learn and I can still speak, so I'm, I'm very happy about that. But then they have Poland got more difficult and Russia now is pretty impossible for me. Like also with the different writing, the Cyrillic, oh. like I can manage reading now, 
like slowly, oh, okay. but I can manage reading something because otherwise you're lost. Like uh, yeah. even even in Moscow, like okay, the metro, you there is English signs, but in the rest of the city, many times on menus, restaurants, it's many times there's no English variant or whatever. So you have to like you just have to. You see, so you've nailed English, Flemish, Italian, French. French, oh my god! But so that's that's four. Um, could yeah. you get could you get by in Polish or? No, like I understand some basic things. Like I could go out to a restaurant or a supermarket and and find my way, but like having a conversation about anything else would be would be hard, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it takes time, you know. Like also, like French, I got it. I think six or seven no more like eight years in school i got french okay. but when i actually got out of school and i learned italian my french was terrible like i couldn't i couldn't speak one normal sentence in french at that time no. but then i went to poland and there was like first tv and tonuti and i stayed there four years at tonuti and like more and more we would like i would always try to speak in french with them even if it was very funny in the beginning sometimes because I could make like this Italian words in French, you know, like, like you have like parcheggiare, like park your car. And I would say parcheggiare, but it's like totally not correct. Like, <laughs> you got it. So they would always laugh at me, but I'm like making this like different combinations. Uh, that's funny, but like, oh, you just see like some time, time, and then you learn a language. And, uh, I suppose if there's if there's one guy that you want to get French and Italian mixed up with, it's probably Tonyuti, isn't it? Because he'll help you out. But yeah, like he he would understand me anyway because he always also speaks Italian, so it's fine. And like he he's a very good friend of me, so it was it was always like it's nice when you have the feeling that you can make errors with someone, you know, and, and, and like that you don't have to be perfect in something, and they will still understand you. And like it's don't worry, it's fine. So yeah, that's always, it's, it's always nice to try out these things then with this kind of people. You had a pretty awesome time in Poland, didn't you? I saw that, that recently there was the picture, it was uh, three years ago since you won the Polish championship and that picture went up of you guys with the trophy and there was all the sort of ticker tape and stuff on the floor. Uh, what was it like to win a Polish championship? Because I love Polish volleyball and I think their fans are amazing. That must have been a really special moment for you. Yeah, I totally agree. The the fans and community around volleyball is, is really amazing in Poland. Like, in my opinion, the fan community is, is the best in the world for me. Um, it was awesome to win. Like, I I pretty much like I can recall like because like we won three titles. I can recall each one of them. Like the first was was uh, um, against Jeshov which was like very strong team at, the, at that moment, like still they were a powerhouse in Polish volleyball, but at that time it was difficult to beat them. And like, it was a best of five final, the only one I've played so far because after they changed the format. Okay. And we won in three games, three times three zero, even I was like, what is happening? And then we were like, it was for me, like also the first big major title, like, like because before I was in uh, sub, like sub top teams in Italy and with Ruslar I didn't win a title in Belgium unfortunately. So it was very nice like release also of energy and like like you build up this emotion inside of you and you really want to win something big. So 
yeah, that was a big relief and satisfaction. And it also gives you more power to like believe in yourself more and, and, and keep working for those moments because you know what can be waiting in the end. Mm -hmm. So that was awesome. And yeah, recently, like they're sharing some pictures like from the past, which happens a lot now also with games. And sometimes you even see in TV like football games of <laughs> 1974 or something. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, seriously, please, can we get back to reality? Um, so like there's all like throwbacks all the time of these things and which is nice because like on like on Instagram you you can you can see some memories back and like sometimes you just start to forget about them but then just seeing one picture it bring it brings back all these feelings and emotions and that's pretty awesome so um yeah the winning in Poland was, was really great and the only thing I can hope is I can still win like where, wherever, where, like, it uh, doesn't matter for me. I'm, I'm, I always try to pick teams uh, to play in where I can have a big contribution and where we can try to win something. So I hope uh, in the future we'll, we'll continue like this. Yeah. Let's have a little chat about, um, about Belgium then, because, of course, you've had so much success with, uh, with club volleyball around Europe and... I saw something that, that you put up, a quote where you said, with regards to the Olympics, the dream will have to remain a dream for now. Is that like the one thing that you'd really love to do is take Belgium to an Olympic Games? Yeah. Yeah, like it's really something that's my biggest career goal, I think, uh, um, reaching the Olympics and playing there and, and competing there. Because yeah, if you're honest, as a European team, sometimes it's easier to to have a very good result on the olympics than to get there actually so um yeah it would be like really awesome to experience this just this general feeling of being there and like like it's the biggest sport event in in the world so like if you if you want to reach something as an athlete it's that you know um it even goes that far that like many times I've, I've been considering like trying to make switch to beach volleyball because it could be maybe easier um but even then like you still need to find a partner you have to work out this whole new sport actually because it's like it's not going to happen from one day to the other but many times you've seen this like i've seen a successful switch between like indoor and outdoor volleyball so like in my mind it was an option uh, until a certain point I'm not quite sure now because like it was more when I was like maybe sub top player indoor mm. and now I have the feeling like I can really like knock on the door of like the, the best teams in indoor and like I'm at the moment where I really want to see what I can reach indoor first until I'm considering making a switch maybe for reaching Olympics because also like you have to consider the fact that like it's not so supported um maybe in Belgium, like it is in Brazil yeah. or even in Poland, like or in Russia, where like the beach volleyball teams are really supported well. So like, of course, the difference in your life, like also financially will be huge if you want to make a change from indoor to outdoor volleyball. I, I suppose with age on your side, um, you've got at least one more go at an indoor Olympics. If you stay fit, maybe two. Yeah. Should be, yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure one. Let's say for sure one. 
I'm hoping on two, but then I will really have to stretch it. Um, probably I also have to count on many other stronger players to to help me get there. Then and then, uh, yeah. In the end, it's 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 a team sport, and uh, in in a thing like this, you can really notice it also. Um, like you really need a strong team to get to Olympics, especially in Europe, and that's like I think our federation now. They try to hire a new coach who wants to contribute for four years, like for an Olympic okay. cycle. Yeah. Um, so they hired Fernando Munoz as the new coach. And like we haven't met in person yet now. Okay, like of course I've seen him when he was coaching Spain and everything. But yeah, I hope we can put a put on a project with, with some youth and, and and with players who are motivated to to continue for four years because in the end, that should be the goal, and, and it's not so easy right now. We, we don't have like like ten thousand players we can choose from uh, because honestly, like that that for me is also incredible in Russia. Like there are so many good Russian players that I've never heard of, and in my <laughs> opinion, like if if they would be like surrounded well or equipped well, then they could be in like any national team and they could play maybe like. Okay, maybe they are maybe not used to play three, four days in a row, but sometimes I, I see some guys play and I think like, what the hell, like, how is it possible I've never heard of him? It's like they're built differently. I remember the first time I saw um, Mazursky in person, I'm like, ah, oh, he's not human. How tall are you? I'm, I'm um, one nine one, so six foot two. And still, it's a huge difference uh, if you oh. see him. <laughs> hey, hey, look, I... <laughs> I've been to some countries before, so I went to I went to Azerbaijan, and people were staring at me on the on the train like, "Who's that? Who's that huge white man?" And then obviously, <laughs> obviously, you guys turn up, and it's but I I look at people like him, and I'm like, he's not made of the same stuff as me. So like, yeah, it's uh, you mentioned uh, Rusalari there, and of course they're doing well. They did well in the Champions League this season, reaching the playoffs. Uh, does it make you happy that there's a Belgian team being successful on the big stage? Yeah, of course. Like also because there's many of uh, many of my friends playing there, and it's just I really love that team. Uh, like the it's really like big family. Also a little bit the the community is nice. Like they're always perfectly in order with everything. Like so. Yeah, I wish I wish them really the best, and always when I see they're doing well, I'm 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 very happy. And like many times, I'm even watching them on the on the TV channel of for Champions League. I forgot the name, but uh, like I'm checking them out, and then that's yeah, cool that they had a survivable group this year. And like it's always easy to say before that yeah, this group we can do something, we can survive, but then you actually have to do it, and and they did it, and. It's too bad that like it got interrupted and they couldn't uh, they couldn't travel to Chivitanova because for sure it was like the highlight of their season next to the cup final. So uh, I think that would, that could have been amazing for them, but yeah, unfortunately it was not. But it's nice they're doing well, uh, honestly. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a video now, and I apologize because I, I feel as though I need to give you a trigger warning. It is a game. It is a game that you lose, so sorry. <laughs> I will say, 
It's not my idea. Oh, yeah, no. This is, okay. Semi-final of European. Yeah. Um, so yeah it, was, it was a very tough game. Like, we started off badly, like, a bit nervous. I got subbed out even pretty fast. Um, then we had, like, a little moment. We could do something. But anyway, Russia was so freaking strong that they, like, they were serving, like, not making any errors. We were doing what we could, but we were fighting, like you can see here. But anyway, like, they were beasts. <laughs> the tournament as a whole, though? Exceeded. It exceeded my expectations. And, and yeah, that we reached the semifinals was, of course, a very good performance, in my opinion. Um, that we beat Italy that strong in the quarterfinals was like I think nobody expected that like that for sure exceeded the expectations I think as a national team that was our best game ever um we totally destroyed them like it was 3-0 like they didn't see the court and to beat Italy in that kind of way like even if it was without Saitsev and without Pantarena still they have a very good team with players who play in the best division in the world in my opinion every week on top level so to have that kind of performance was really exceptional. I think then, like, the semifinal was just, they were just the law of the strongest, you know. They were just too strong for us, Russia. But Serbia, we could have done something for the third place. Um, we were leading on some moments also. We lost in a tie break. That was tough. That was tough. I also remember after this tournament, we were sitting in the dressing room and... Uh, Vital was our coach back then. And like we had very good results that summer in World League. We finished seventh. We had fourth place on European Championship. And still the major thing he could talk about uh, of that summer was disappointment. And it was it was tough to hear because like also I think it was on a positive side the feeling that he expected we could do better. And I agreed with that. On the other hand, also, we gave a lot of effort and a lot of emotions and a lot of, of all of us. We put a lot of it in, in the practices and in the games. So that was tough to hear a little bit. It was like only disappointment remaining. I think he would maybe reconsider it like back now and he would think about it. But yeah, for me, it was, was, was a learnful, uh, like learnful experience and a learnful summer in, in the end. Yeah. Right then, what are you really looking forward to when this is all over and we're back to normal oh god like just get rid of the stress of all people like you can go to the store now and like everybody is so sketchy and like like want to be so fast like oh it's, <laughs> you feel like the stress on the street sometimes and that's so annoying for me and then just be able to go to a family or whatever to to anyone without having to think like, oh, I, like, I should watch, like, like, just be able to hug your friends or your family, like, give a hug without thinking like, oh, I, I, I might infect them because I came from Russia or whatever. And that's, the, like, I hope it can be over as soon as possible, like, like everyone does. But yeah, I think um, for sure there's a lot of things to look forward to. And in my opinion also, I think people will take less things for granted maybe like getting a hug or, or, or shaking hands like 
Hmm. It's so normal in regular life, and apparently, like you see now, it's not like so ordinary, you know. So we have to be grateful and appreciate these little things also sometimes. The thing that I that that I pick up from that is you saying taking for granted i will never take any of these things for granted again like sport you you said earlier you know you turn on the tv and it's some football game from 1974 i can't wait to watch like the first volleyball 3-0 washout give me a 20 25 12 25 13 25 7 bring it on i cannot <laughs> uh, amazing stuff uh, right then before i leave you go um, it'd be really cool if we could get uh, a message for the fans because I'm sure they're really looking forward to you being back out on the court. So if you've got any any words for them. Yeah, of course. Like fans, stay patient like everyone. Keep following us players on social media. Like a bunch of us are doing some cool stuff from time to time. Uh, it's also a different way to get to know us in regular life. Um, and Hopefully, you'll get to see us back on the court as soon as possible. Stay tuned. Oh, Sam, you're a good man, mate. Thank you so much for having a chat. I feel Thanks. awesome now. Um, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you when this is all over, and I will, uh, I will see you at a court soon. Behave yourself, mate. Stay safe. Okay, see you. Unscripted with Sam Darrow. Done and dusted. Now, let's get into the juicy bits. Matt Rogers, good guy. Yeah, love him, love him. Came, came across brilliantly. Obviously, when you meet someone face-to-face and then you do something online, you, there's always a concern that the, the true character doesn't come through. But I think it did. I mean, like we said before, chilled out in a shirt, but clearly wearing shorts, as was evident. <laughs> <laughs> and seeming to enjoy life at the moment. So, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, there's been a lot of water under the bridge since then, and uh, he's certainly got a lot to look forward to with that with that imminent move, which we'll move on to shortly. But Key, what resonated with you? So many things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with one. Um, no, well, I, I was. It was interesting, let's say, to find out that he had a son. I had no idea. Mm. I had no idea he had a son because nowhere on his social media does he have any pictures of his son, but. Not that he has to put it out there in the world, but um, yeah. yeah, it was an interesting discovery to hear. But it it is interesting, isn't it? Because you know, professional athletes are at the are at the kind of age where some will have children during their career, some will wait until afterwards, and then those who do have children, some will plaster them all over, and they'll be sort yeah. of playing with them on the court after the games, and then others, they may even travel to wherever they play during the season and and not have their their children or their their partners with them it's it's a quite an interesting sport in that sense and i suppose the length of the season allows you to make family choices well there's a great episode out um, a few weeks ago from Lara ludwig who was talking very much about that about taking her her son on on her trip you know both either to a training camp or to a competition and and how it's lovely you know when it all finishes to get that cuddle and and get the kind of the grounding especially if you lose you know it's 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 a real neutralizer i've said that before on the podcast so yeah i i I don't know how i'd play it if i was an athlete especially as a female because because you've clearly got the other issues when they're younger like breastfeeding and and all those other things but yeah the fact he has a boy sam duro there you go i said it correctly sam (laughs) sam duro i mean good on him he'd be a great dad he'd love 
I'd love to see him with with the boy at some point, but that's obviously up to him when when he chooses to show something like that. Languages. We had a good chat about that, and it always amazes me how quickly some people can pick them up. But by the sounds of things, Russian's going to be hard work. I mean, Key, you've lived all over the place, and by the sounds of things, your Italian and your French is pretty good, but maybe your Turkish not so much. Um, <laughs> Well, you Do say that, clubs. Dave. I, I thought it's about time I did some research on Key, you know, because we're doing a bit more work okay. with her at CV. So I checked oh, out no. her LinkedIn profile. Why are you stalking <laughs> me every day, Matt? I feel no, like every just... single day, Matt goes, oh, so what you posted earlier? What's that about? <laughs> so this is Key's LinkedIn profile. And this is going to be fascinating when we start talking about Sam DeRose languages. So basically it says English native. Yeah, I, I can understand that. French elementary <laughs> proficiency. German full professional proficiency, Italian full oh. professional proficiency, Spanish limited working proficiency, and Turkish elementary proficiency. Does elementary mean the same as a five-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> By elementary, it means I can count to ten. <laughs> I mean, that's impressive. That's six, six languages. Ca- well, that's what you always have to fluff up your resume a little bit, don't you? I mean, I... <laughs> Yeah, I fluff mine up by saying I'm fluent in English. That's how I fluff mine up. Um, (laughs) I've never written one. You've got to have a LinkedIn profile these days, Dave. Go on then. If uh, you hear those amazing stories about people who lie on their resume, lie on their CV and (laughs) turn up to interviews and say they're, I don't know, grade eight saxophone and then they'll turn up to the interview and there's a saxophone (laughs) on a stand and the interviewer says, there you go. Off you pop. Um, if you arrived at an interview and the interviewer welcomed you in Spanish, how would that go for you? <laughs> well, Spanish was my was my elementary proficiency, okay. right? So that one, I would I would just nod and smile. Spanish and was limited working uh, proficiency. Limited work. Well, look, Spanish actually I learned in high school. I must have studied how many years? I don't know. At least six years of Spanish, and I think it's my worst language. But Turkish is the one that gets me. So elementary proficiency. So yeah. that for me means you should be able to say basic sentences. Is that what you would understand, Dave? Elementary proficiency? Günaydın means Great. good morning. So I would like you to say, can I have a beer, please, in Turkish? No. That's the first thing yeah, I Yeah, not in elementary languages. school. I learned... <laughs> can I have a juice? Can I have a glass of milk? Can I have a cookie? Can I have a beer? I only really learned volleyball terms and I could count to 10 and I could say well, like, good morning, in, good out, night and my ball bon set it to the middle please. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me the ball. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. He spoke about confusing the languages, didn't he? French and Italian in particular. Um have you is, is that something that happened with Yuki or could you box them off? Oh my god, <laughs> all the time, especially French and Italian because they're so similar exactly. I could he- I could hear exactly what he meant when he said, you know, he would say parcajare, but he would say parcajar and just give it like a French accent and think that and then all of a sudden it's a French word. I've done that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. It's the dreaming that gets me. And as a as a one language person, I've never had this issue, but I can't imagine having a dream in another language. No, oh, e- yeah. even not like not dreaming that I'm in France, for example, because French would be one of my second languages if I was to declare them as second languages. <laughs> Elementary level French. Um, yeah. <laughs> but more like having a lang- having a dream where I'm speaking French to someone and they are talking French to me. I can't no. imagine that. Have you ever had that key? 
I think they say once you dream another language, then you're fluent in it. Don't they say that? Well, okay. co- you should be dreaming in yeah. three languages then, or four. I should be dreaming in my proficiencies, <laughs> in my elementary working proficiency of Spanish. I mean, but the Belgians are traditionally very good with languages, you know, and same as yeah. same as in Luxembourg, where we sure. where we have the office, always incredible. And Luxembourg is the highest average number of languages per person. I think it's like three point four languages is the average number of languages really? spoken in Luxembourg. Wow. Then again, mind, you... yeah. Then Belgium and the Netherlands are overseas. I think. Then again, I suppose with Luxembourg. It borders so many countries and it can be accessed from so many places that kind of makes sense that it's a transient hub yeah. for for linguists and yeah and luxembourgish is its own language absolutely okay you should come and play in luxembourg yeah. then you'd you could, you learn could be elementary well. level in no time <laughs> if we run okay. dry on unscripted so i'll teach you elementary level welsh you can pop that on your linkedin <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, back to back to yeah. our friend Sam. A part that I particularly enjoyed was looking back at the photographs of him winning the Polish championship. And I'd imagine if you were making a list of places where winning the national championship would feel incredible, Poland would certainly be up there, Matt. Probably top, Ooh. wouldn't it? I mean, you've, you've got, you've got Italy for the kind of history, but for the feeling, you okay, said yeah. feeling, yeah, I would say... To win in Poland with that support behind you, I don't think can be beaten. Maybe Brazil. Yeah, in- interesting. As a terms of a CV, I'd love to win the Italian yeah. league, that's for sure. But yeah, for a feeling, probably the Polish. Key thoughts on that? Key. <laughs> I am biased though. I think I think Italian, but yeah, I've heard that it's pretty crazy. I mean, I saw obviously at my one the one time I did play in Poland, but I was on the other side of the of the. <laughs> fan base i was 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 not being rooted on but yeah no i think it would be awesome either one i choose italy okay you guys are always on me about being on the fence <laughs> no well yeah absolutely I, look i'm i'm pretty sure if uh, if you won a title in italy or poland they're pretty they're, they're pretty special but uh, yeah i always i always like to sort of share those moments and see how people react and very often as soon as they see the picture or the video sort of big smile and their body language changes slightly as well because you just get taken back to that moment where that thing happened and you're with your teammates and you're with the supporters but then Matt and this was as much to do with you than me because you picked it out as a moment you made me show him a video where his team lost in a key (laughs) moment how could you TV rights no so the situation is quite simple really Dave I mean you've put that on me there but in terms of video footage, we should, and if anyone um, is listening from a legal point of view, we yeah. always, but we should um, only use <laughs> yeah. footage from our own competitions that doesn't involve the national leagues. Um, and I mean, Belgium getting yes. to a semi-final in Eurovolley, that for me is an achievement. And they, they lost to the eventual winners in Russia. Um, so yeah, I gave you both videos, to be fair. And they did <laughs> lose both games. But the semi-final loss to Russia when they lost 3-0 that's a massive achievement to be in a semi-final but then they played an amazing match against Serbia for the bronze medal but lost that in five so I did say you can choose between the two matches where he loses <laughs> don't show him both but um yeah the Polish to balance that with the photos from the Polish league I think was important speaking of Polish have you guys seen that video where the whole Polish fan base copies 
the ref and just does all oh, the signals that the ref so is doing. Good. Have you seen that? What? It's brilliant. When was that from? I, I don't remember what game it's that was. It's happened a few was... times. It has happened a few times. They, they start it off now because obviously the announcer, the presenter in the hall, the speaker, is speaking in Polish and the referees don't always understand Polish. So, yeah, the announcer can start it with the fans without the referee even knowing. But really, they're just being instructed. <laughs> copy yeah. the referee, copy the referee. I like what they do with the... Um with the drums as well on the reception the set and then the, the spike i think that's great when it works yeah <sighs> right then what else are we going to talk about well i tell you what we can talk about is his move he's going to russia and for so many years in terms of the champions league the men's champions league We've been so focused on Zenit Kazan, but there are some teams who are really making some moves, Matt. That's going to be a seriously competitive league in, in the next couple of years. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if you look at the Champions League, there were two Russians mm-hmm. through to the latter stages, and Zenit mm-hmm. Kazan wasn't one of them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a league on the up, and they're attracting a lot of players. Um, and obviously, the, the better the, the calibre of players that go there, the more want to join because the competition level is higher. So... Yeah, it's one to watch for a few years, I think. Let's talk about the Olympics then, because there are a number of ways of getting there. Key, you took a pretty interesting route there yourself. A shortcut, you could say. <laughs> I don't think that counts as, as a route to the Olympics. Would you like to be on the team? Yes. All right, then. <laughs> um, but but I that thought that it was, it was really interesting talking to him about that. And, well, names keep popping up on this podcast and one of them is Britt Herbots and we talked about her and Bella Hack as players in the women's game who are bang at the top level among the best in the world but getting to Olympic Games and succeeding at that level are going to be an uphill struggle for them also someone like Sam Darrow who's going to be playing in the Champions League is going to be playing for top European teams but he's going to have to drag a national team with him if they're going to get to that level then maybe thinking about beach volleyball as well. For the record, I think he's got all the tools to be a brilliant beach player, but it, it's a it's a hell of a decision, isn't it? Let let's start with let's start with um, being on the court in in the indoor game, the six aside game. And Matt, we talked a couple of minutes ago about getting to a semi final in a European Championship and that being an amazing achievement for a Belgian team, qualifying for the Olympics in both men's and women's through the European classifications is really difficult. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know what to say really yeah. because Correct. if I was an athlete and, I, and I've never been anywhere in the top, for me, it would be about the Olympic Games. Like if there was any way to get there, I'd consider it. And I think, I mean, I'm from England. Other than being a host nation, England are not going to qualify for an Olympics in my lifetime. That That is for sure. Mm-hmm. So I would be looking at other routes. And any route that requires less individuals to be of said level should be an easier route. So for beach, you only need two players to be of that level. But for volleyball, you need a minimum of, what, eight minimum? Probably you need ten yeah. to be of a, an Olympic level to get there. So, um, And that's not even thinking about the infrastructure, the coaching system... So, yeah, I, I personally, if I was from a country, which I am, that was unlikely to qualify, I'd give it a few goes, like it seems he will, and then I would consider other options. Yeah. But he'd have to wait a while. You wouldn't expect him to switch to beach anytime soon if he's, and he said himself, he's, you know, knocking on the doors of the best teams, which means he's got a pretty good salary to take home at the end of the day. He's, 
and beach is just completely maybe not completely but for the yeah, most part yeah. you're on your own as far as money goes so he'd be silly to to do it anytime soon but you you can go much further in beach much later in life so he doesn't have to rush i think you've also got to look that the next olympics after tokyo is in france paris i mean that is that is as close to where he grew up as he will probably get for yeah. olympics um unless belgium are going to apply for one i've not heard of any rumors but mm. um so I think he'd go for that one with volleyball, and then if it doesn't come off, then I think he'd look to switch. That's that's the kind of feeling I got yeah. from the conversation, and looking at it from a logical point of view, taking out all emotion, that I think would be the most sense. Um, and he'd, he'd be a good age for it as well. I think he's 28 yeah. now, so come the next Olympics, 32. And as you said, um, with regards to, to your body, you can go a little bit further a little bit later on the beach. So, you know, you take it up at 33 properly, and then by... 36 you head out to LA that would be a hell of a place to do it and also because there's the three years gap isn't there between <laughs> Tokyo and, and um, yeah. Paris so that's every year Paris, gap yeah. between the games would help him um, yeah. so yeah they would try and qualify in 2023 he'd have effectively five years to try and get to the Olympic qualification level by by LA mm. yeah. good luck to him if he goes for it I, I, I respect oh, anyone absolutely. that is willing and, and brave yeah. enough to take that decision yeah, well, and, and there is there is a precedent as well, isn't there? It hasn't worked for everybody, but there is evidence of players going from one to the other. In fact, we, we spoke about one recently, yeah. Rinder, yeah. Who, did, who did remarkable mm. things both on the court and on the beach. So. Maggie Kozic is, is on that journey right now. Yeah. And Belgium has some history in beach volleyball. I mean, they, yeah. they have you know, some top players. So yeah, he would be joining a, a programme that, that already exists and potentially could support him on that journey so good man Sam well I think we should start to wrap this up on Sam DeRoe Matt Rogers any final thoughts I, I did love the hype battle and because remember in, in normal life in, in Dave's world he's tall yeah I'm one meter ninety or six foot two <laughs> then he gets involved in volleyball and he yeah. realizes that yeah, there's another there's another definition of tall. Yeah, I think Sam I think Sam's uh two oh two ish. See that is tall. It is tall, yeah. <laughs> I think I mentioned Mazursky because you know they they played against yeah. each other and, and whatever. I mean he he, he, he is just... tall. And uh... Yeah. What's he two ten is he? More more than that. He's not the tallest volleyball player in the world. Did you know that? Who is? The tallest volleyball player in the world is a sitting volleyball player from Iran. Oh, yes. Wow, really? Right, let me, if I share my screen, because this is worth people Googling, the fans. This is going to blow your mind, Key. So, this is the lineup of Iran. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Goodness me. Yeah, so those guys are like my height. Whoa. And you just work your way along the line. And then you find, I, I, we're going to have to try and pronounce the name, Dave. We've got the head of pronunciation Let's and commentator. We can do this. Nah, we can do this. There you go. Morteza. The first name's easy. Yeah, so there's Morteza from, from Iran. Dave, help me with the surname. Barzat Selachani. But Morteza, let's call him Morteza from Iran, sitting volleyball player. Yeah. And you can just Google everyone, the tallest volleyball player in the world or tallest sitting volleyball player. He is like... Well, let's just put it in perspective for everyone. The guys that are my height, which is like 195, their hair 
is lower than the top of his bicep, isn't it? So yeah. So he's got a shoulder and head above them. And for those of you thinking, oh, but it's sitting volleyball, what good will that do? You can block the serve <laughs> in sitting volleyball. You can block the serve. Can you imagine how difficult it is to get up or over or around that wingspan? He would he'd probably block like this. I don't, how would you describe that to the listeners? He'd probably put up a wall. Yeah. Block block that way. Horizontal arms. So Matt looks like he's saluting with both hands. <laughs> so he's got his fingertips on his forehead and he's just got his elbows and his forearms out. The thing is, it's, it's dangerous if you're too tall in the block because then you end up using your face in the block and that's... <laughs> it's no fun at all it's no fun for oh, anyone i've seen that happen to to Morteza. so let's put some numbers on it he is eight foot two really? inches tall whoa which in meters and centimeters is dave <laughs> loads 248.9 248 <laughs> wow that is huge so he would like mazursky look small wouldn't he yeah there you go. So the tallest volleyball yeah. player in the world. Google. Staggering. I recommend Google. What's that name again, Dave? Morteza. Morteza. <laughs> so good. So good they named him twice. <laughs> Brilliant guy as well. Oh, marvellous. Uh, I think we should call it a day there. Sam Duro, top man. Uh, thank you for being part of the unscripted journey with us. And good luck with the, well, the continuing journey in Russia. Key Michael, when do the podcasts come out? They come out Mondays and Fridays. Every Monday, Friday. Yes, they do. Uh, and Matt, we love to hear from the fans. We always do. What's the best way for them to get in touch with us? Well, they could use the hashtag on any social platform uh, that we are on. So that is Which Let is. Volleyball Talk. Or yep. if you've got something that you want to send a little bit more subtly or Ooh. privately, um, you can use our email address, theacespace at cev.eu. Private messages. Slide into Matt's DMs. <laughs> yeah, if you've got something to get off your chest. No. But but no questions about feet. But that's another another podcast altogether. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Ace Space, an unscripted special with Sam DeRoe. Like, subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, but most importantly, listen and get in touch. We'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.